for once again finding organic matters wherever you find it. I, I used to try to figure that out, but I'm a... Uh, one I, I will mention is if you want to always go directly to my shows, because I do shows off, I don't do any advertising, you can go directly to my URLs. The easiest way, believe it or not, is my own name. It can be organicmatters.info, but it's even easier if you just put lowercase Bruce, B-R-U-C-E dot Dooley, D-E-U-L-E-Y dot com. And all the current shows will come up. Well, all the shows will come up. You can find whatever you want. But you're welcome to get it wherever you're getting it. I appreciate you tuning in. I'm going to start this part of the show with some uh, few little good news items. One which I'm really, really glad to, to find and I didn't know it was even going to happen. The United States Department of Agriculture just previewed the biggest update to the organic regulations since the original act back in 1990. On January 18th, the NOP released the Strengthening Organic Enforcement Final Rule, which updates the USDA organic regulations, strengthens oversight and enforcement of the production, handling, and sale of organic products. Let me interject here because I just can't stop it. Uh, it's another very cold day. I have animals. I have a parent here that won't be quiet. I hope it doesn't disrupt you too much. As soon as it gets to his minimum temp, I'll set him outside. But I'm going to continue doing the show since he's right here uh, trying to help me. Anyway, why I'm interested in this rule is we have been actually lessening the, the specific rules that we started back in 1990 for the, the uh, United States Department of Agriculture organic sticker. We kept the whoever you want to be, they put in 30 more what we call grass chemicals and things. That, grass means generally recognized as safe, but those of us that are organics, some of those are not safe. They're, they shouldn't be allowed in organic food. Uh, they're, not, they're not a life changer, but they shouldn't be. We should have really strict regulations so that when we buy something that's got that USDA sticker on it, we're sure as it is as safe and as good as it can be. We do pay more for that. It costs more to raise that kind of food. And I mean, not even just plants, but animals, everything. When that gets USDA on it, it should really have a meaning. And we've been weakening that over time. This will strengthen it back pretty much where it used to be. This final rule implements the 2018 film bill mandates responds to industry requests for updates to the USDA organic regulations and addresses the National Organic Standards Board recommendations for healthy organic food. The effective date will be March 20th of this year, 2023, and the implementation date is as late as March 19th, 2024. So even then, it's going to take a whole year, folks. I don't know. When you make this change, you just tell them to quit and give them 30 days. Why it takes a year to change a rule that is not good for you, that needs to be put in place, is always beyond me with the government. The SOE executive summary indicates... When implemented, this rulemaking will improve organic integrity across the organic supply chain and benefit stakeholders throughout the organic industry. In other words, it'll protect the organic raisers, to protect the organic producers from fraud. A bunch of stuff's coming in for us from China and other places now that has a organic sticker on it, and it's just not by any means an organic product. And that makes it hey, difficult. How do we know what we're really getting? As a little bit of a further explanation, the need for this rulemaking is driven by organic market growth and increasingly complex organic supply chains. 
Today's organic market is characterized by long and often global supply chains where organic products are handled by many businesses before they actually reach us as consumers. And at this point in time, often these businesses are not certified organic and therefore have no oversight from the USDA or USDA-accredited certifying agents. The absence of direct enforcement over some entities in the organic supply chain in combination with price premiums for organic products has created an opportunity for, and there is, a lot of organic fraud going on. The amendments in this rulemaking are designed to mitigate the occurrence of that organic fraud, which I've talked about, I guess, for the last at least three or four years. Among other changes... Three key industry changes will require certification of more of the businesses like brokers and traders at critical links in what's now our organic supply chain. This also requires the NOP, that's the National Organic Program, import certificates for all, now all, organic imports and also requires organic identification on even non-retail containers. Folks, up until now, that just hasn't been happening. Uh, I, I saw a documentary where a number of people went over to China, to be exact, uh, to go and see the organic program, and when they they don't even make a secret of it, they go out into the fields that you and I, we were receiving quote-unquote organic products from China, and they're spraying seven dust, and they're spraying things totally illegally allowed, not allowed at all in our organic program, then send it to us as certified organic products. We can't allow that to happen, and we'll never be able to trust our, our little USDA sticker to know what we're getting. The National Organic Program, the NOP, indicates the rules will affect the USDA accredited certifying agents, there's a few across the nation now, organic inspectors, certified organic operations, operations considering organic certification, and businesses that impose or trade organic products, and retailers, of course, that sell those organic products. Protecting and growing the organic sector and the trusted USDA organic seal, to me, is a key part of the USDA Food Systems Transformation Initiative. In other words, that's what it's put in place for. We were letting it slide again, folks, as we get into the... And, and in case you don't realize it, organic products and produce now is a billions, well, several billion dollar business. We're not talking a small sector anymore. When it first started, everybody that was in the regular business always never going to become a factor. It is now very much a factor, and I find it, a lot of us are a whole lot healthier for it than if it never came to play. So the strengthening of the organic enforcement rule protects organic integrity and bolsters farmer and consumer confidence in the USDA organic seal by supporting strong organic control systems, improving farm-to-market traceability, increasing import oversight authority, and provides robust enforcement, for the first time in a few years, of these organic regulations. And in addition to that, other changes, other key updates include increasing authority for more rigorous on-site inspections of certified operations, requiring uniform qualification and training standards for organic inspectors and certifying agent personnel. I've run into some problems with that. Requires standardized certificates of organic operation. Requires additional and more frequent reporting of data on certified operations that are currently in business. And creates authority for more robust record-keeping, traceability practices, and, of course, the big one for me is fraud 
prevention procedures. And finally, it specifies certification requirements for producer groups of all kinds. So that's, I beat this thing to the ground a little bit. If you want to go and see the rule, you can just go to um, USDA government slash organic slash SOE. That's it. Or you can just actually go USDA.gov slash organic and this stuff will all come up. So anyway, beat beat, beat the horse a little bit, but I'm so glad to see this happen. We really do need to keep those regulations stiff and, and, and consistent so we can trust our own USDA sticker to know that we're actually getting, in essence, what we're paying for. For a bit of a change of the show, but I hope it's something you're interested in. It's part of the environment that makes it, should be, I hope, of interest to everybody. The White House reinstates protections in Tongrass National Forest where they were undone by Trump moving aims to protect fish and a giant carbon sink. In in essence, he's actually banned roads in most of America's largest national forest that we have. Why it was ever stopped, I don't know. It's amazing. The administration on Wednesday passed restored protections to more than half of Alaska's Tongrass National Forest, safeguarding one of the world's largest intact temperate rainforest from new roads and logging. If you're not familiar with it, the Tongrass is a pristine expanse in Alaska's southeast that has been the focus for a long fight between environmentalists and Alaskan timber interest. State leaders had persuaded the Trump administration back in 2020 to open it up to new roads and logging, undoing protections dating back to even before the Clinton era, and a bid to boost economic development at the cost of, of course, the forest. The administration official said Wednesday that the forest is vital both for wildlife habitat, especially fish in this case, and part of fight, fighting climate change. Every forest we save helps. The administration's decision through the United States Department of Agriculture will repeal the 2020 Alaska roadless rule, making it illegal again for logging companies to build roads and cut and move timber throughout listen to this, to the more than 9.3 million acres of forest. The Tongrass National Forest is key to conserving biodiversity and addressing the climate crisis. Agricultural Secretary Tom Vilsack said in a statement, restoring roadless protections listens to the voices of the tribal nations and the people of the southeast Alaska while recognizing the importance of fishing, oh, and a bigger, even money-wise, tourism to the region's economy. The rule is scheduled for publication in the Federal Register on Friday and goes into effect immediately, a department spokesman said. The forest is known for plentiful salmon runs, imposing fjords, and ancient trees, which are critical for trapping and storing carbon dioxide to mitigate climate change. It's known the tongrass trees absorb at least 8% of all the carbon stored in the entire lower 48 states. That's a big chunk, folks. Although it's probably realized the timber industry doesn't think much of the decision. But advocates emphasize that the forest plays a huge role supporting Alaska's fishing industry and an even much larger employer in the state than all of the timber industry is. Scientists have identified the tongrass as an ecological oasis providing key habitat for wild Pacific salmon and trout, incidentally, which is somewhat in trouble population rise already. Restoring protections was popular within Alaska Native leaders, environmentalists, and, of course, tour operators who said that preserving 
the nation's remaining wild landscapes will sustain the state's economy long-term far more than the timber industry. The Forest Service received about 112,000 comment documents, by far, though, most in favor of restoring roadless protections, the Agricultural Department said Wednesday. Tongrass habitat is also crucial for the Sitka black-tailed deer, among many other species. It also boasts the highest density of brown bears in North America, and some of its trees are between 300 and 1,000 years old, and many of them standing as tall as a 17-story building. Absolutely gorgeous trees, folks. These old-growth forests like that, folks, is a large carbon sink, one of the best in the world. It's important to the way of life of especially the, the, the indigenous people up there, but also for the streams, the salmon, the deer, and basically all the other forest animals and plants. So it's well worth saving for all those folks living in Alaska and for all of us. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.